Now I'm educated. I can't remember a thing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it bit me in the butt. <laughs> Turns out, instead of gaining knowledge, I just feel kind of mushy. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Which is okay with me, because I'm already squishy. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. We recorded a good episode last night with my mom. It's going to take some time to edit due to technical difficulties, and it's just an interview, so we thought, you know what? It's just half an apartment power going out repeatedly. <laughs> yeah, three times. So <laughs> Joe's going to put that together. We thought we'd give him some time and just do something a little bit easier to edit. So the good news is we're not tired. Yeah. Or old. Yeah, no, that's great. That's great. That's wonderful. So Everly's sleeping? I think so. She just seems to finally fall asleep. So mm. here, oh, nope. Okay, we'll see. If she starts, if you hear banging on the door and someone going, help, help, who's completely fine and utterly safe and has every, and has her every need taken care of. Yeah, that's, that's me. That's you. Okay. That's the sign that you need to go. Gotcha. That's a sign that I've just, you know, completely just like, I don't understand. You're fine. Your every need is just comfortable bed, great blanket. You've got tons of stuffed animals. I'd like a stuffed animal or two. <laughs> Can I have one? I had to give you mine. I'm a little upset about that. <laughs> yeah. I named him Mr. Lion for you. No. <laughs> uh, no. How are you? Oh, man. I'm stressing over the solo Gomer going solo. I'm, I'm mm-hmm. very stressful. Today. Just today. It's been a great week, this being the first week. I had a lot of gigs that I booked up pretty quickly and... You know, they kind of spread themselves themselves out throughout the year. And now I'm just like, I need more things in uh, August. So if you need to hire someone in August, I'm your guy or girl. I can do either. <laughs> right now, I'm open to anything. <laughs> I'll be your Catholic, your Catholic Billy Page. Who's Billy Page? I don't know. Is that the person who went from like Elliot Page? She was in the X-Men films and now she's a he. Yeah. Yeah. What was her name? Did I get the name wrong? I think it's Elliot now. It was, gosh, it's gonna I genuinely uh, and I'm not going to Google it. So anywho, no, I'm not doing that. What I'm doing is panicking. I shouldn't panic. I shouldn't panic. God's got this. I got this. Things are gotten. Things are gotten. It's fine. So you're panicking, and like a gentleman, you're panicking to now to 10,000 people. Yep. So Please good. heal me by giving me more money. <laughs> no. I'm just kidding, but not really. We'll work for money. <laughs> Hi, kid. Uh, could you use 15 minutes of evangelization? <laughs> oh, that'll be $60. <laughs> it's hard to it's hard to peddle evangelization on the street corner. They expect you to just give it away for free. Well, this worker has earned his wages. <laughs> Kid, I'm giving you a 36% discount here. Yeah, I'm giving you a good discount because uh, daddy's desperate and I didn't have to get on a plane. So let's do this. Cough, cough up the money. <laughs> I told you all of salvation history. Give me money. <laughs> Everyone wants it for free. Uh, it'll be okay. You'll find stuff. You just got to work at it. But Luke, I'd rather just read science fiction books. <laughs> I know. Oh, I know. No, that's all these remote worker ads for people to you know like come remote work for software company, energetic startup, blah blah blah, and then they all say must be a self starter. I'm like, ugh, boring. <laughs> I only own my own business while working at a parish and doing talks on the side. No, thank you. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I wonder, like, I was... Oh, I was sorry. Co-own. Co-own. Yeah, not the owner. I don't <laughs> want that responsibility. So it's a pace I can't 
like stepping away from it's like oh my gosh everything you know what i mean like doing a full-time job that sometimes was 65 plus hours a week and then yeah i don't know if you know this, but i had like 13 employees and then doing all this other stuff on the side how many employees did you actually have how many people actually on paper reported to you uh 12 like they came to you you yeah. did one-on-ones with them yeah you mentored them you were kind of their go-to person yes 12. i was the one that signed all the papers for their requests for days off i yes i i led all of our team meetings for our department yes so official <laughs> you're like wow i thought you were lying this whole time maybe that's like three a little bit so so there's one woman who's kind of the wild card do not need to go through i do not care about each one damn it <laughs> i really don't want to hear about it. i guess i guess it really doesn't matter because that's now not that my job listeners. anymore <laughs> I mean, i'm kind i'm i'm somewhat kidding yeah actually would be interested to hear about it. i just don't think it's good content yeah this is what I was talking about earlier when Luke went up to get his groceries last time. He what? Everything that's not him. It's not true. Uh, I just don't think people want to hear a breakdown of your former team. We got directors. We got coordinators. We got assistant coordinators. We got admin assistants. <laughs> I could be wrong here. Perhaps it's all anyone wants. You know what's funny? Um, after the last episode that we did where we talked about predestination. There's a book, and I, I'm I'm wanting to get your your thoughts on this. There's this book that I, I I'm like falling in love all over again with Frank Sheed, Theology and Sanity. I think you had to read freshman year or something, but Theology and Sanity, Theology for Beginners, Map of Life, um, to know Christ Jesus, what differences Jesus make. These are a lot of books that I love. Some of them I've read. I just finished a Map for or no, I just finished Theology for Beginners about halfway through Map for Life, uh, Map of Life, but um. The and so if you're a new Catholic or if you're a Catholic who's trying to figure out like how do I put this whole Catholicism thing together, a map of life by Frank Sheed is the book that does that for you. It's not deep theology, which theology for beginners and theology insanity are. It's like, okay, this hmm. these are the things you know about. Now let's coordinate it into a whole. Right? And that's what that book does so masterfully. But there's another book that he wrote after like right after Vatican II, he was gonna rewrite two one he he was writing one book and gonna rewrite a second. And it's called Knowing God. And it's interesting. The way it starts off is he says, you know, most Catholics, like this kind of goes off our conversation with your mom. Like a lot of Catholics know terms. Like they know the what. Like, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we've, we say the, the creed at mass, right? God from yeah. God, life from life, true God from true God, begotten, not made. But whenever you start, so like as a little kid, you learn the terms. And you kind of learn what they mean. One God, three persons, not three gods. Okay. My kids trip up on that all the time. I don't know how they got First Holy Communion. But they trip up on that stuff all the time, right? Who's in charge of their parish? Uh, proving that. someone pro- Probably someone with too many employees that were reporting directly <laughs> to them. <laughs> no, so the other day we're driving in my car. And my kids said, I can't remember what we were talking about. Um, and basically it was a conversation about good and evil. And I said... Can God make you do, can, can God do evil? And then my son Noah goes, yes. Like that was like, clearly he can. And I go, how is it that God can do evil? And he goes, well, he's all powerful. He can do anything. I said, okay, so let's break this down. And he's like, they, immediately they all groan. And I, and I turn <laughs> off the radio and I was I like, it's time kids. for a teachable moment with Mike Gormley. I love your kids. Yeah, they're great. They're great. They're you in their attitude towards me. And it's, it kind of actually makes me feel really warm inside. Uh, so we're, uh, <laughs> so we're you driving. Have to listen. And I said, 
okay, tell me, how do you measure darkness? They're like, what? And so we had this whole conversation about how darkness is not a thing. It's the absence of a thing, namely light. And you can only measure the 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 light in the room, whether it's a little, a lot, whatever. You can't measure darkness. And Noah's like, yeah, you can. And I go, how? And he goes, you walk into a room, you shut the door, and you're like, oh, it's pretty dark in here. Duh. And I'm like, you're just measuring the amount of light that's there. And he's like, what? No. And then it was so funny because the moment they had, they were on the cusp of an abstract thought. The moment, like, that that next step of, like, ooh, I really have to work and earn this, they were like, no, uh, and then they would, like, either say no, or they would they would assert something, or they would just make a joke, but it was funny because it was, like, pathological. Like, they, like, they all, all, three of my youngest, they would walk right up to that line, and instead of just, like, trying to figure something out purely intellectually, they would just stop, and now Katiri was like, oh, yeah, like, Huh. Yeah, and so like you have a thing called absolute zero, just like you have a thing called absolute darkness, but you don't have a thing necessarily. I mean, you you could in in theory there's a certain element, but like you can always add more heat, you can always add more light, right? The idea of sure. And so that's the thing with goodness. Goodness is being. Evil is a privation of being, a, pr- a lack. And so I said, "Tell me what is a whole? Describe does does a whole have being?" And they were like, well, yeah. And I go, okay, what is inside a hole? And for them, all they thought of was like a hole in the ground that you dig with a shovel. And I was like, no, no, no. Say there's a barrel, and I put a hole in the side. Tell me, describe the hole without at all referencing the wood of the barrel. And they were like, uh, it's a circle. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> and so we just kept going round and round. I'm like, what's in the middle of a hole? Duh, dirt. And I'm like, no, no, in a barrel. In a barrel. <laughs> And it was so funny how they, they just refused. And I was like, no, a hole is a, cons- it's, it's like a, a, a word that we made up to describe something that should be there, but it's not there. And it's not there in a certain mode, a certain way. And so like a, like a hole, someone shot a gun into a barrel and it blew out a little hole. But a hole is not a thing. A hole is a lack of something. And like, just think about how do you describe the weight of a hole? Well, you, you can't. There, it doesn't weigh anything, you know? And so we, we were going through it, and it was, it was so funny. So Frank Sheed in his book, Knowing God, talks about these three modes. You can learn terms, but you don't really know anything until you learn the meaning of terms. But it's more than just the meaning of terms. You have to understand the terms intellectually about our faith. He calls those mental equivalents. Like your brain has to go alone, and you have to actually apprehend the truth. But what we do is because it's actually really, really difficult – our intellect hops or our imagination hops in and gives us like an analogy. And we think, oh, we've solved the problem. And he goes, you haven't, sol- you haven't done any intellection. You haven't learned a single thing. The imagination just absolved your intellect of the responsibility of pushing further. And then he talks about, so when the intellect actually goes forward and tries to understand something, whether it's a truth about science or a truth about God, that's the part that hurts. That's the real mental labor. That's the higher reasoning that's what, that's actually cognition not even it's it's higher than its counterpart computation right in, in the way the intellect does things yeah yep and it was so fascinating to see that like kids are like i mean they're young so they can't do it but but then he says so if we actually let the intellect go it alone especially about truths like the trinity and incarnation and stuff then the truth that it apprehends once it apprehends it then it brings its buddies and bringing its buddies is the imagination the feelings right all of your body even 
right? Huh. And he said, and this was a great thing that he said. He said, so he calls those vital equivalents. So one thing is to know something about something, the terms, the you know, an introductory kind of surface level stuff. And he said, but those aren't truths that you actually care about. So you can have all these Catholics who know Trinity, Jesus, Church, Pope, Eucharist, Mass. But you know, you know like you talk to Catholics and, and they'll say things like, I had no, until they get out, like they come back from retreat. I had no idea the Eucharist was really Christ. And you're like, what? They, they've been saying it to you for 20 years. You know, like, like that whole thing. But it's like, no, no, no. Like now my mind wraps around these truths. And now I believe it with my whole heart. Right? I've made these truths my own. That's what he calls vital equivalents. And he calls it that because not only do you do it with your whole life, but you're willing to die for these truths. And I found that so funny because then the very uh, analogy they give, they go, take predestination, for instance. <laughs> People think they solved the answer by saying something like, well, God's like a guy in a tower, and there's a bunch of bi- a bendy river, and you can see the guy in the boat at different stages of the river. So obviously, God's outside of time. So he's, he goes, you have not answered the question of predestination, God's foreknowledge, time, or anything. You just let your imagination substitute for actual reasoning. And I was like, that's exactly what I said to Luke. <laughs> Do you remember that? That was the whole whole analogy that Gus and Aquinas uses, and about the guy well, being in a tower and he sees a man in a boat. The guy can only see what's right in front of him, but the man outside of the flow of the river can see everything. All I once. think I would agree with that with, with what he is saying. This author, for the most part, I do. I mean, so Jesus speaks in parables so they can understand him, right? Yeah. But we go over those parables over and over again through things like the readings of the gospel during mass or during mm-hmm. Alexio Divina or our own time with scripture, because there's a lot of, there's a lot there to unpack. Yeah. And so I think if you reduce it to just that and you don't do anything beyond that, yes. But with what you did, I would say that, 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 that wasn't a bad thing. It's a way to start to think a little yeah, bit yeah, deeper yeah. about it, you know? So I'm not angry at you. I'm just disappointed. <laughs> no, <laughs> well, but like, it's not like my I, dad and my wife. But and your kids, Wait. if we're being honest. Uh but uh it because I, I think I mean I thought that like what you shared was a good and apt analogy yeah. for a, a spur of the moment discussion. Yeah, no, I was just throwing that out there because I thought it was so funny that literally I read like true. we had that conversation at like eleven o'clock at night and then at seven o'clock in the morning I'm probably going to the bathroom if I'm being honest, reading that book. And uh, <laughs> yeah. I came around, I was like, ah <laughs> No, and it is it is funny because the 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 interesting thing is like thinking through something is very very difficult, and like if I put a gun to your mom's head or to Everly's head and said two plus two equals five, I want you to say yes, or say, deny that two plus two equals four. You'd be like, what? Everly would just kick you in the balls and, and uh, laugh, and maybe jump on you or just run off. That's kind of her her mo right now. You know what so. I'll do? Then I'll give her a stern look and go, Everly. <laughs> Like and our buddy Adam laugh. used to say to the dog. Yeah. Race! <laughs> no, but uh, anyway, I was just thinking about that, and I found that really fascinating because it, it um, it's a way of viewing things like stages of formation, stages of deepening, but also, like, most Catholics are not intellectual Catholics, right? They're not, they're not going to seek out tons of books and tapes and YouTube and podcasts and blah, blah, blah. But you don't have to be in order to have a deep faith. But that also means understanding things um you you need to make the understanding of the the teachings of the church your own right you need to that's what we really mean when we say my truth is 
the truth of the of the objective world is now becoming a part of me, right? Mm-hmm. To the point mm-hmm. where it's vital, it's life giving, and I would yeah. give my life for it. That's interesting. Hmm. So what you're saying is that for people that don't have like the time to do this, some people are not in invocation where they have the ability to like let me read six hours of theology every, every day, right? Um, right, and you can understand your faith in non-academic ways. Like you don't have to have all these stupid books that I pretend like I read. Yeah. Um, but there, are, I mean, like homilies that really unpack the Trinity on Trinity Sunday. You know what we just had. Mm-hmm. Like to really like search out like yeah what is. You know, like to ask the questions, like, well, how can God, one plus one plus one equals three, how does that not equal three gods? You know, like just asking those questions and thinking it through, right? So you can have a, a, a peasant talking to their country priest, and he can work it through with you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And that's one of the things, like, these are the great gifts of the church that I think are so powerful that we overlook because we think the great gifts of the church and they, they truly are, might be something like art or whatever, but it's like how to encounter the world as a whole, right? Cat the Holocaust means according to the whole in Greek and whole spelled with a W, not an H Luke define a whole. Just kidding. So <laughs> the, uh, now we're back, uh, <laughs> but like it does. And it helps you be like, Oh, this and, and like moral reasoning. How many Catholics have ever studied morality even in the least bit? I would say that answer at less than 5%. You know, I've actually just picked up a, you know, maybe not a book on morality, but just heard, like, what does it mean to live a good life in, according to the Gospels, right? That's what homilies should be delivering. But when they're just like kind of pl- pious summaries of what you just heard, half the time explaining it away, the seriousness of it away, then I think that that becomes like, yeah, we are we are actually robbing the faithful who maybe don't have time and energy to spare, you know, diving into deep truths and checking out books mm-hmm. from musty old libraries. We're actually robbing them of what the faith could be giving them and forming them in. How much of this do you think we have outsourced to the wrong people? Because I remember in college, yeah. you talking a lot about, this is going to sound like I'm trying to crap on you i'm not this is the only thing that's coming to my mind in college we'd have the occasional party at our house it was great mm-hmm. and you would always talk about like you get on some rant about something about the theology of the church and life what people should be doing and blah 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 and i remember you talking a lot about like we need to cultivate these other aspects of people's lives things like talking about things like like morality i think you were like saying how we need to get people to read more more theological books different things like 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 that and I remember him being like, I don't know if I agree with that. And I, I think I still like, I think, because I, I mean, I think I agree with you a lot, but then uh, now about, but at the same time, there's a part of me that kind of wonders, is that the role of the parish? Like, have we outsourced that to the point where people don't feel that, like that there's responsibility? Or is it because, like, I like th- this is where I feel like sometimes a little bit of like it's just me and um Jesus in my own mind like creeps in because I will think about like well Jesus never talks about doing that stuff doing what like he never talks about like you know like um have you, are you developing your intellect Paul does I think I don't know w- w- do you think Christ talks about the importance of the moral life? Like in the way that you just de- 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 described it, does Christ explicitly say that in in 
the Gospels. Does he say the phrase "the moral life" or does he talk about no, the moral life? I, like, what, see, this is where like I, yeah. I feel like I'm going to trim myself up a bit, but I and I don't, definitely don't have time to do this while uh, the Gertrudes are outside my door now. Go, go do it. Go do it, and I'll think. Okay, deal. Hello, hello, hello. Can you say hi? <laughs> okay, here's what we're gonna do. Hello. I don't know if we can change this or not. We'll just we'll just turn this up a lot. Okay, uh, try to try to try to talk. Hello, hello, Everly. Can you hear me? Can you hear him? Say hi. Say say hi, Mr. Gomer. Hi, Mr. Gomer. Hello, hello, Everly. Say she was just out of water, so we just wanted to get her s- some water really quick. And Woo, good. Get real you that water. Stay hydrated. Right stay fit. Yeah. Can you tell oh, Mr. Gomer what your what your favorite movie is? What's your favorite movie right now? <laughs> is is it Cinderella? <laughs> or is it Frozen? Frozen. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. I can't remember the words. Let it go. Keep letting it go while you're there. Let it go some more. <laughs> well, hold on a second. I'm trying to pull this over so I can hear you a little bit better. Mm. He loves to wear the headphones. Yeah. All right. And then we're going to tell him, tell him like one more thing, okay? <laughs> she just, she's dying, dying to podcast. Hey, right, how's it going there, Emily? This is Mike Gomer Gorman. Who's your favorite singer right now? What song do you like to like listen to? Is it by Taylor Swift? N F. Say Taylor Swift. <laughs> there you go. Can you say N F? N F. All right. Can you say Can you Toby tell him Mac. Say good night, Mr. Gomer. Good night, Mr. Gomer. Good night. Bye. I go night night now. All right. I'll be back in just a second. So. I hope my question from earlier. I hope that I hope that made like made sense. I feel like sometimes I wonder if we push people. I don't. I, don't, I, don't, I still don't know quite how to to, to read this. How blah, how to say that? Like re um, focus my brain here. Obviously, the intellectual life is good. Obviously, I I really um, like theology. I think it is fascinating and extremely important. What I struggle with sometimes is this sort of thing where it becomes a thing that like this person does because they're just like into that. Mm-hmm. And I wonder if we have fetishized theology. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know a better way besides like saying it's like we've have, have yeah. almost made it too important, which sounds very weird for me to say that. And I don't know, yeah. but I think that's a better way to almost as if it's this thing where. It's like you can live the Christian life without this. Yeah, the common objection, right, to Frank Shee that he does, uh, he talks about in the opening of theology for uh, for beginners. He says, "Yeah, you with all your learning is great, but an Irishman with his rosary, you know, praying at mass is probably holier than you'll ever be." And he said, "Well, I hope he is for his own sake." And he said, "And he very well might be, but don't think for one moment that ignorance is thus a virtue." 
Right. And that's always the Which is the, fair. Yeah. That's always the side thing. Cause Jesus revealed himself as the way, the truth and the life as the word the logos, mm-hmm. the reason, the intelligibility and doctrine. This is a thing that, that trips a lot of people up, but in the new Testament repeatedly, people who hold to false doctrine are not members of the church by the false doctrine. Right. So that's something that a lot of us today. What do you mean by that? Well, so for instance, like in the book of Revelation, it says, Jesus says, write these seven letters to the seven churches. And one of the letters is, you are as I do, for you hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate, which is like an early heretical sect in the life of the church. You have St. Paul going after the Judaizers who teach that you got to follow Moses before you can follow Jesus. And he basically calls them heretics. And he's like, if you accept a different gospel than the one I told you, then you're accursed. And the one who told it to you is accursed in Galatians 1, 7 or 1, 8. So like holding to right doctrine, you know, Jesus says to the Samaritan woman at the well, you worship what you do not know, but we Jews worship what we do know. And so in a, in a real way, you could interpret that as your, either your worship is idolatrous or your worship is radically insufficient or incomplete. And I'm here to complete it. Um, and John's gospel says, you know, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So obviously that stuff matters to know the right way to walk in the way of truth. But at the same time, when you summarize all of the four gospels, everything that Jesus Christ says about being uh, his follower and about salvation and judgment, you would get the impression that it all hinges on us and our decisions and our will, right? So in, in us following the practice. So this is the thing about Christianity. C.S. Lewis says this, I think in mere Christianity, is it's both thick and thin, right? It's thin, meaning for people who aren't intellectually gifted, they can pray their rosaries and go to mass and they can, you know, you go to funerals, you learn the church's teaching on death and salvation, you learn this and that, like you can learn enough about the faith and that you can operate in it at a thin level. Children, right? My kids know the faith, although they probably can't give a correct doctrinal dissertation you know doctoral yet yet, yet. they're not kateri just turned 13 so give her a year she's a few steps away from giving her first talks at a uh, youth group she has started her first ratzinger book <laughs> <laughs> it didn't go well but uh the, the point <laughs> is how did that there. happen <laughs> spirit of the liturgy she can do it all, all of her cl- her older friends are all in a class where the priest is walking them through one chapter at a time so and I taught that class as a substitute, so that's why she was like, maybe I want to read it. Maybe I do. And I'm like, okay, here you go. Here's my copy. Enjoy. I have it on Audible and Kindle. <laughs> I have everything. Uh, <laughs> no, but um, but you, we can't say that ignorance is ever virtuous. You know, we say ignorance is bliss, meaning, well, I didn't know, and you can't be held accountable for what you don't know. Okay. But I think I'm not saying that, like, that ignorance is virtue. I, I think what I'm saying is, has it become actually too isolated from everyday life? Oh, yeah. Where it just becomes I mean, that's this quote. That's Von Balthasar's quote. But, yeah, yeah, where it becomes, of course it is. You know who you're talking to. Where it becomes this thing. It's an ivory tower thing. Like, we just kind of like, okay, now that I'm in this, I have to try to understand this, this, like, this, like, bigger thing as opposed to to something that we know that we should like is everyone is it should it be required in the christian life that like you read stuff like balthasar no that that's that, that's but yeah. i think we are i think we kind of act like that 
like when someone converts, like, or if, if, if well, I don't know, I don't know, like, what just happened there. <laughs> I'm not saying that it's bad that we give people books to read. Yeah, but I'm saying that I do think we have this weird habit of being like, oh, you're like you are interested in having a like a conversion. Well, here's I'm a wild at heart. Here is. Yeah. This book here, here's that, here's that. As here's opposed to, rhythm of life. Here's rediscover exactly, like, Jesus. Here's just, rediscover Catholicism. Which are all just like a watered down. I mean, and there's some of those yeah. that I really. I mean, I love the book Blue Lake Jazz. I love Balthasar, of course. Like they're all good. They're all on um, the good things. Yeah. But it doesn't mean that everyone who's converting has like how like what's what does like like what does it look like then? Yeah. Because like I I agree this is, this is just a thing that I struggle with because I think. To a certain extent, um, I think sometimes it feels almost as if like it actually we like hype this thing up so like mm-hmm. so much that it tends to like actually isolate itself through an unintended consequence of it. Yeah, because yeah. It, it then gets like divorced from our everyday experience because of the conversations about the thing. As opposed to go back to your other point, which is the like applicability of the thing that we are reading yeah. or that we are um, diving into. Yeah, I would say that like everything in life, like almost everything in life, we can use it as a tool of self-justification, right? Like you and I can literally take learning about the Bible, learning about the catechism, learning about von Balthasar, learning about Thomas Aquinas. We can take that as evidence that I am righteous, holy, awesome, elite, right? And we play these stupid freaking games with it, which is why at the end of the day... I love St. John of the Cross's line on Judgment Day. All that matters is how you loved, right? And by that, like, I don't know anyone who can say, I love someone, but I don't want to get to know them better, right? So I think it's very easy in our culture. Okay, let's look at it from this perspective. We have the highest literacy rates ever, right? And we have mm-hmm. access. Books have never been cheaper, right? It's free online. If you have access to a computer, you can get out of a library, whatever. Okay. Chances are, if you don't have access to the internet, you probably are more concerned with food than you are with reading theology. But we have access to the wonderful world of books and media. If you can't read or don't like to read, we're all like this podcast, right? That being introduced to right thinking about God is easy. And I think that there, there is a responsibility of intellectual formation for everyone at their appropriate level. Um, I remember when I came home from school and I saw my mom, uh, she was reading some book and I was like, mom, you can crush that book in your sleep. And she goes, yeah, I know, but there's a lot of people reading this kind of stuff. And I said, well, what about this book? And I gave her medieval, a medieval philosophy textbook and, uh, I gave her a medieval philosophy textbook and she said that she couldn't get like three pages into it. And I was like, okay, yeah, because this more philosophy, it's more, you know, I had all the prereqs of Aristotle. Philosophy. So I'm not expecting that from her, but I'm also not expecting her just to keep reading the same Matthew Kelly book, right? Like that's meant like intro to the intro to the intro. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I think that I do think in a way we, we, it, we have an intellectual responsibility and duty to form ourselves as best as possible, right? And that means, yes, the parish, principally it's the parish. Um, but we have access to books for free online. Like, not everyone can read. Not everyone likes to read. Like, some people, dyslexia, all this stuff. Well, we have screen readers. We have audiobooks. We have so, and that are free. Uh, Friendship with Christ, or whatever that book's called by Robert Hugh Benson, is on, is free on YouTube. 
Yeah. And so what I'm saying is knowing the faith, you're, you're not going to, your salvation is not going to depend upon passing a multiple choice test. And I think some people live their lives as if it were. I also think that sometimes God calls people into the vocation of the intellectual life. Oh, yeah, yeah. Right. 100% agree. Right. Like Von Balthazar, right? Yeah. Yeah. And I think God calls many of us to know and study our faith uh, better because we live in a culture of unbelief that to know the faith is the only way to really survive in this culture. That I think is actually super key. Mm. That point right there, like of like why, I I think what I get what I I'm like I'm with you, but there's like there's almost something that still isn't sitting. Um, everything that you're saying I agree with, but something still isn't sitting right with me, and I think that might be part of it because keep in mind the ones I quote from uh, Catholic stuff: uh, God's paradise is a utilitarian hell. So like, <laughs> great to do things that have that have no point. That are good in themselves. So yeah, that are. But I, I think that I do like. It's very important to like, particularly as like as batshit crazy as everything is right now, to like dive deep in, into stuff to try to understand as yeah. like as much of it as you can. But I, th- I think for me the concern is it's going to sound very odd. Reading isn't the only way to form your intellect, right. <laughs> but it, I, it is the best way. It is. I'm not. I'm not trying to say don't read kids like books of dorks. It's, I did not think I'd be saying this right now <laughs> after I was reading Hamlet and amusing ourselves to death to prepare for what I thought we were going to talk about. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, so hear me out a bit. It's mm-hmm. it's that um, I think where I get concerned, where I see the disconnect in my own life and in the lives of others in the church. Let me just focus on my own life. Is in the applicability of that, mm-hmm. and when it becomes so t- like such a. It's like I'm crapping on you, and I feel like I'm not. <laughs> I don't think you're crapping on me. Okay. Do you remember when we were talking one time? I don't remember like what it was. We weren't talking about doing other podcasts, but you had brought up what we're going to do, like other film podcasts. There are like oh, like a thousand of of them. Yeah. And I said no, like, but there isn't one that's our voice, right? And I, that's actually what I'm talking about, which is like, how often do we take these things and have a discussion with another person about them, and then try to actually, and then think about how can I implement some of this in my? Where do I see ways that like my life can be better because I have watched this, watched this film, or because I have, or because I have read this book. Mm-hmm. God can definitely he can definitely reveal things to us through what we through what we read. He can even on the heal things. But I think it's in the applicability where a lot of that healing actually takes place. And I get worried sometimes that we'll take a point that he, that that like you had just made about well if you love someone don't you want to get to know them? I agree. But it it almost seems to me as if that's almost a bit of a platitude, because like, well, like, what does that mean? How yeah, much? That's how a, much? That, that, like, right. And so that's the non quantifiable part. And that, but that's where I think like there's an excuse for this weird like fetization that yeah. comes in, because like I'm mean, I'm just gonna like we've got a buddy who puts stuff up on uh, up on like on Facebook where he's just telling people to scream at them to, to read stuff, and I'm like. I, Maybe not. <laughs> no. Yeah. Well, so fair. I, I hesitate of using on that example, but I'm 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 not having like a better one come to mind. <laughs> so okay, let me let me let me respond to that in in two parts. Number one, reading is different than, and I'm a huge Audible listener. I have hundreds of books on Audible. I listen to my 
Apple device read to me, um, screen reading all the time. Every time I'm driving, if I don't own it on Audible, I'm screen reading it from Kindle while I drive. Uh, the, you, your brain works differently when your eyes go across letters, right? Mm-hmm. That is a that is a more or less a proven scientific fact. A couple books, Well in the Shallows, um, by Nicholas Carr, and and Amusing Ourselves to Death, and some of the other Postman books, but. The idea of it is we're becoming a visual society without enough depth, right? So reading gives you depth. Reading also does something else because it's hard. It's difficult. That's why pop fiction and and Danielle Steele are always popular because it's the type of reading that you don't need to do a lot of cognition for. You're basically living in the realm of imagination and memory. Like keep enough characters in your head, follow the plot device, right? So she's doing more intellectual cognition writing the book than you are reading. but. Good books, books that change lives are books that force, that that live with you, right? That journey with you. And so that's why the famous, I I tell the story all the time, Zig Ziglar and and John Maxwell, who are inspirational speakers, say they they get thank you letters almost exclusively for the books they write. Why? And they figured out, asking these people, that it was because they can hear a talk, but the books travel with them in their life. So mm-hmm. I can hear your talk, and then I get a book, and I'm a chapter by chapter, and I'm applying it to my life, like you were talking about. But the other thing that I would say is, when it comes to our faith, formation is information in a lot of ways. To have right thoughts about Jesus governs how we act towards Jesus. Like, if you don't think that Jesus is God, if you don't think that Jesus is God, you're going to have a problem when it comes to your prayer life. If you don't know how to pray at all, then you're going to have a problem when you see some word of faith non-denom person or mm-hmm. some pentecostal oneness preacher coming through and you're like well that sounds vaguely biblical the other problem is you're going to be susceptible to the charlatans who want to make a buck off of you by i mean like think about all these self-help gurus who just cloak it a little bit in christianese christian language and people swallow it hook line and sinker and so i think there's a huge danger in 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 that the other side of it is yeah people who are intellectuals think that the faith it can be very easy to think that the faith is an intellectual game and that's it. And so that person who posts a lot of stuff on Facebook, uh, encouraging, you know, like you say yelling, he's not yelling, but, uh, cause I, I talk with him hundreds of times about these things. I tell him <laughs> knock it off, but he's not yelling. He is, he is know, so excited, and but also emphatic. Right, 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 right. But, to yeah, where, yeah. where many in, people would say that yelling, it feels yeah, like it, but yeah. Yeah, but the difference—I would say the the two differences with him are—he prays ten times more than he reads. He prays ten yeah, times more true. than he reads. And yeah. to anyone out there who is criticizing someone like that, who is like, uh, you know, w- really what they're saying is the words you are saying hurt me and my feelings and my beliefs, and you're challenging me to change by reading this document. And the documents that he's referencing are not his. He's not sending you an article that he wrote on BuzzFeed, the top 10 this. He's sending you either, uh, he's sending you church documents, not you personally, but. I don't, I, I don't know if I agree with you on that. I okay, think... well, let me finish the thought and then you yeah, can Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, sorry, sorry, okay. So the idea is he's not appealing to his own authority. He's appealing to, this is what the church says. You claim you're a Catholic. You have to do what the church says in this area. And the, the nine times, out, 999 times, uh, out of okay, what are we? Out of a thousand, uh, people are like, "Nah, I'm not going to do that," and people won't because his faith is also largely intellectual. He doesn't understand why people don't read these documents and buy these books. To which I tell him all the time, 
bro, people are not brains floating in vats, right? They are emotional beings primarily, right? And so if we can figure out how to speak to people's desires and their emotions as well as their intellects, it's whole person formation. And his response is always the same, right? But it starts with the truth. And truth will lead to goodness and goodness will lead to beauty. And so for him, it's all it's always all three. But if for people who are adamantly opposed to him or what what he's talking about, he's like, Don't don't look at me. You you go read the truth. You yeah. can tell me I'm wrong, and you can. And I've seen him totally be like, Oh, you're right, I was wrong. Do you know what I think it is though? I okay, so here's where I think I really d- d- disagree okay well let let me go to like what i was going to say before i think part of it is it's not that like my feelings are hurt it's that i don't like being told what to do like i'm not i'm and i think that's which is a thing that i need to check because it's like part of being catholic is being uh, as being receptive and obedient which we have zero context for now so which is why i think it's important to talk about the you know applicability of the stuff because it's like well okay like what is it like what does it mean to be receptive yeah. What does it actually look like? You know, but then so what too, if it looks like what he's doing and being non like he's modeling receptivity and obedience to Holy Mother Church and we are modeling disobedience or hesitancy or half hearted reception. And so he's coming at you like, no, 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 but read this. No, no, no. If you see these connect, that's what he says. I'm like, stop badgering people. And he's like, I'm not badgering. Yeah. If only they could see the connections. And I'm like, yeah, but they don't care to see. Because they don't want to be told what to do, or they don't want to change. Well, see, this is where I, I don't agree with that. That like you actually um have to um lead with truth. You don't have to lead with truth. That's what he does. No, I, but like yeah. just because he is like okay, so I'm I'm the type of. Uh, do you remember the thing you sent me? Like oh gosh, almost two years ago now, from the Dawson Society where they were talking about yeah, what transcendental are you? Yeah, and they were saying like if you're more of like the Balthasar of a Francis and Ratzinger type, like you may want to like lead with beauty, where others might want to lead with truth. Yeah, like for me, I'm gonna be much. I'm gonna be like much more interested in a really like well written book or a painting or a podcast about that stuff mm. as opposed to a, a Facebook post with like ending in exclamation points and right. like all caps. Yeah, near near the end because it comes across to me as being super like in your face, almost like I feel. Hopefully, he's not. I'm listening because I don't really. I mean, this against him at all. This is really. This is a like. This is a thought experiment. You you are not offending him if he listens. He would say yes. That's what I do. I know, and, and okay. I because this is how it, I see the world. So it's I can almost like I feels like violating. Yeah, isn't it? Like, I'm not though? asking for this right now. Like, what, what are you doing? I just. <laughs> Like this is why I'm like off of Facebook, but like it's one of the reasons why I at times like this is kind of getting old old school with yeah. this. Don't appreciate street evangelization to the point where I'm like, get out of my face. Yeah, <laughs> like like I actually don't appreciate this. Yeah, I don't appreciate people I don't know coming up and talking to me, even though I do. Like sometimes I just, but I don't like. I don't think it's bad that it happens to me nor do i think it's bad for other people to, to do it i have trained people on how to do this i have gone and i have done this but i think it's okay to do i don't know this, this is where i i feel like i don't know if this is just a personality type type thing or if it's like if it's an area where i need to really get my crap t- to together which added to the list um <laughs> like i don't like i'm it is very hard for me to 
be receptive to things like that because it, it like my interpretation of it is completely different than what his intent is. Mm-hmm. And it, and to me, it's just, I, I, I almost think it's like a personality difference. No, no, that's what I'm it saying. Is. It is like, yeah, yeah. And he would say to you, so what? Okay, so it's a person just because you don't like, you know, if it feels to you like someone's coming at you. I mean, I'm not. I'm it's a post. No, no but so, like no, but this is what he would say. Mm-hmm. He would say, "Okay, then either A, click away or B, engage with it." But the dumbest thing you can do is say, "Well, that's not how I'd like to do it or that's not how I want to receive it, so I'm not gonna." His his whole point is like and, and by these Facebook posts is he literally all he wants is for people to take the teachings of the church seriously. And if he is wrong, to take him seriously by correcting it. And over and over again, if you just read the comments, what people say is sheer assertion, right? When they come at him, right? They no one and you and I don't I don't like I don't like super combative stuff. Like I was listening to a podcast the other day and they brought on an atheist who was saying some pretty crazy stuff. And I was like, you know what? And it was a Catholic podcast, and they were like debating, and it was a podcast on a debate. And I was like, it was a Trent Horn thing. And I was like, you know what? I don't want to, I just feel uncomfortable. I don't want to listen to this. Like, I'm similar to you because I'm the guy talking to him, being like, you need to dial it back, bro. Right. But what I'm saying is, you have a sensitivity there that he does not have, right? That he does not have at all in terms of he actively tells people, I want you to get in my face and tell me I'm wrong because that's how I know you love me. And that's not how you work. And that's really, I mean, for the most part, that's not how I work either. But for him, it's just like, okay, then why do, you, why do you get to have your way and I don't get to have my way of being in the world, my personality, my approach, my transcendental of truth? That's the thing that I think he finds, and, and I would say is disingenuous in a lot of ways, right? Like other people towards him. Yeah, like, or, or like your comment that you said, like, I find that to be really aggressive or whatever it was, attacking or in your face or whatever. It, and it, well, to me, it almost feels um, violating like yeah. when I read it because all of a sudden it's just like, ah, and I'm yeah. like, well, I wasn't expecting this. Yeah, <laughs> like just it, it, and that sounds like a, that like um sounds kind of harsh, but I feel like I'm all of a sudden thrown into this discourse that I didn't ask for that I wasn't looking for. That and this is part is of he the tagging problem. you on it. No, no, it's oh. th- this is part of the issue. Is like social media. Yeah, is all of a sudden it's just there. Oh, okay. And so it's, like it's coming and, and up on your feed or whatever. Yeah, I don't think that like I'm necessarily is like if I want. I think you know to, <laughs> to be honest with with you, I think if I were to go to his page and I were to see that, I would have a different ex, ex, experience yeah. of it. If you were to if you were to encounter it on your terms, <laughs> well, I mean to be honest, yeah, yeah, rather than <laughs> like, Meta's terms. Like yeah, like I think the like I'm a woman at the well to a certain extent. One of the reasons why that story um works is Christ goes to where she's at. Yeah, and then he pisses her off and calls her out. He, I mean, he does, but like he also respects her intellect, and he he kind of like, in my opinion, like he like he respects her. He understands the kind of person that like she is. She goes toe to toe with him, and he goes I'm toe to toe with like her. I mean, she's throwing it right back at him. Yeah, I'm not like, and there seems to be this sort of like. Within with within within that exchange, I feel like I'm always on the side of that I don't agree with here. 
How did I end up defending the Chinese Communist Party? <laughs> I'm defending the woman. Well, she's giving it right back to Christ. So he's learning things too. Dude, you no, sound that, like that, that LGBTQ bastard dude who's like, when he goes to the Syrophoenician woman, she's like, she corrects his racism. <laughs> it's not, yeah, and that's not what I mean at all. It's just like she's trying to like throw everything that she can yeah. back, back at him because it's like she, she to me comes across as a combative, confident individual who's not afraid to back down off of something, even though she has her shame. She is a sassy woman who well, knows who she is. Yes. She probably would live in New York City. She would have six inch heels. But you know what? Very, very. I, you know, I'm just trying to. I don't know what sassy people wear. <laughs> <laughs> no, but like, I mean, I mean, I don't like. She, she, okay, she, she doesn't come across to me as being a timid individual. Yeah, she's not a pushover. Yeah. No, no. Yes, that's a much better way to put it. And like, yeah. and I. How did we get into this? I feel like I feel We're like arguing I'm, over I the personality type of a Samaritan <laughs> woman from two thousand years ago. You know what? I think she was an Aries. They're so combative. She was an ENFP. If we're being honest here. <laughs> Um, maybe an ENFJ on certain days. I think she had a D in the disc personality <laughs> assessment. She I was knew a she D, but a five. really high I. So whenever she's stressed out, she leans hard into the other one. <laughs> Again, I hope this doesn't come across like I'm also saying, like, books are bad. Burn them. Or, Why do you like, want to burn books, Luke? Nah, you know, they're boring. Um, <laughs> Anywho, Marvel. <laughs> <laughs> well, but, like, it. I, I think my – it's actually a really old Catching um, Fox's style conversation – for me, what I find that I sh- there's all these little things. I'm like, there's a thing here that doesn't like sit right with me, which is why I enjoy these um, conversations because it, it helps me see um, what that is. Yeah, and I think it's when why we should read theology gets reduced to a platitude. Mm-hmm. I I think a lot of us are very guilty of that because it's so easy. Like the problem with the split between Grace in nature is not just the fact that nature has been isolated from grace. It's that grace is isolated from nature. So these things that we, this, like this, the type, the topic formation that we engage in hardly ever applies to our real life. It doesn't involve our real life. It's, it's all in our head. So I've, I mean, I've you not believed the amount of time that I've seen kids do things for like high school or like other things where they're like really into their faith and they will like have a teacher or they will have a person in their life who will say, Oh, they're just really into religion. That's like their thing. Yeah. And that drives me up a f-ing wall because I'm just like, no, they're a normal human being. Mm. And this is reality. Oh, gotcha. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, like this I is thought not you were saying what drives that... you up a wall are those kids who are really into their religion. No, 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 gotcha. no. Okay. That attitude of, of like, this is like, it's, it's no different than if like they were on the baseball team or they yeah. were on the, they were on the, the debate club. I'm like, you're ch- like, it's, I, it, 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 I've heard it at um, Catholic schools and I've had to like, you know, maintain my cool. Cause like, this is reality. Mm-hmm. Either this is real or it's not. Yeah. And so to treat this as an intellectual exercise, all that, or just a thing, and that's right, that, that, that is the wrong, that is the wrong word there. Like this thing that we all like to do, I mean, it's great. I really enjoy it, but I'm like, that's, that's, it's, I think, I just, I think it's, I think it is damaging and I, I, I get very scared that we're doing it a lot more than, than we realize. I think, 
Uh, a lot. I think a lot. That's why I'm so damn smart and good looking. It's true. So to go, okay. Yeah. You should pursue knowledge of God and knowledge of scripture, knowledge of church teaching insofar as you are intellectually capable. You should not develop intellectual pride or really what it is is a form of vanity, which is a form of pride, but of like, well, I belong to the GK Chesterton crowd and I wear tweed leather patches and tweed jackets and smoke pipes just because you're trying to become some part of like, well, I really, really, let me show you how Catholic I am. Look at my many leather bound books. How 2013 of you. I know, right? You're welcome. America? That's your fault, but mine. <laughs> so the, yeah, I mean, so that's the fetishization of Catholic intellectual life. But at the same time, for someone who says, oh, that person's really, they're just really into their faith or really into their religion. Part of the ways that we actually live out the faith is by learning the truths of the faith and learning mm-hmm. it in such a way, not just to refute the toxicity of the age, right? But to know Christ Jesus. St. Thomas Aquinas says, and I love this line, because you don't think Thomas is going to say this. He says, number one, that the beatific vision, the highest form of the beatific vision is truth, because we gaze into God, and the highest, the, the will is the rational appetite, but reason is the principle. And so the will is ordered to loving God. He said, but learning things beneath me, I can know it and love it. But things that are above me, it is better to love them than just to know them. And in fact, if it's infinitely above me, then I can never fully know it. That doesn't mean I I now have no reason to know it, but it does mean that the principal activity towards God is love for every human person. I must love God. Christ made that the standard. No greater love has man than this, than he who learns the Summa Theologica. He didn't say that. He said that he who lays down his life for his friends. There's no greater love. So for us as Catholics, the love of God comes first, but that doesn't mean ever that we put reason on the back burner. Mm-hmm. However, with the caveat of knowing that there be dragons at a purely intellectualized faith, it becomes so dangerous because you think you're holy and you're not because you have many leather-bound books and your office smells of rich mahogany. And to me, that's the danger, is if you don't pray as often as you read or you don't have, or your contemplation is not put into action as a layperson, then you are just paving the road to hell with uh, with uh, manicured library blocks. I don't know what libraries have. And I think what concerns me is that we're just contemplating all the time. And there's no action. Yeah. Well, that's okay. <laughs> if we're truly contemplating, that's the maximum form of receptivity. Well, but like, okay. Well. I might be using my, the wrong um, words here. We're, we're just, just thinking about, about thinking it. rather we're, than, we're just, than actually we're just, loving. We're just talking about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like we're just talking about all like all the time mm-hmm. and we're not actually doing it. Now, I, I don't know how much of that is like me and my own heart and just like where I am and just the fact that like half of our existence is just on social media or I don't know. I don't, I don't know. I don't. I really don't know. But I, I just get worried that it's so like, okay. This past year, I have seen, I have been um, loved by people in some really, really profound ways that has blown me away. That has just, like, and I have, I have seen that in, in, in action. And it's like, holy crap. Wow. Like, wow. Like, that's, like, that's what real love is like. Wow. Yeah. And, like, um, whoa. Whoa. Like, both, like, you know, in terms of being called out on, on stuff and being supported, you know, like, the whole gamut of 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 stuff and then but like this is like a been a heightened year right 
Yeah. So like not I can't live eighty years of this. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's just it's not gonna work out well for everyone involved. Yeah. And so like I may just be thinking like my I don't know if like my expectations are are too high or I'm just like really like pointing the finger at the mirror when I think I'm like I'm I'm screaming at at the at the world here. I just I get worried sometimes that like it's actually easier to, you know it's, you know it's really funny. I feel like sometimes it's actually easier to love than we than we think it is. Like starting it. The in the endurance to me is actually like the really hard part part. It's the doing it over and over and over and over and over and over and over again. But the the initiation of that of like that love is relatively easy. Yeah. And I think for a lot of us, I get worried that we get so wrapped up in our fear or because everything in our world is just so isolated in terms of there being like own riches in the niches, it's just everything now. That the faith is actually, I'm never even given a chance. Hmm. You know, so it's it's not like I it's I don't think I'm it's not like the GK Chesterton clubs that's that scares me. And I like I I mean, listen, I agree. I believe the four areas of like formation are super important, and I, particularly the intellect. So like I'm with you, and I'm not trying to say that that's wrong. But what what scares me is like, okay, so you are you like reading the books. So how's it changing? Your life. What are you doing with that information? Oh, How's it more impacting books? your prayer life? <laughs> well, that's that's just what I mean. like yeah. it just becomes kind of this like self recursive like, self yeah and like recursive yeah. yeah and like I and I you know I um I just get worried I just get, like I just and I, and I there are times when I have a really hard time with that because I'm like I don't like what's that like one line where it's like from the song uh, and the like church father is like, I can't remember how the story goes. Why like, not be utterly the, the changed fire? in a fire? Yeah. 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 But that, that's funny. That church father, the, the story was he goes to him and he says, you know, I've done all this. I've lived 20 years in ascetical practice. I've you know memorized the Psalms. I've done all these things. And he said, what still do I lack? And then that's when his fingers became as torches. And he said, why not be utterly changed in a fire? I mean, it's scary as shit. Yeah, but, really, but, like, but going back to what I said, like the platitudes, God is the type of being <laughs> that because he is all good, the more you know him, it is the more to love him, right? Oh, when sure. you discover yeah, more yeah. of his attributes, when you discover more of his workings in scripture, when you understand the inner workings of scripture more, or church history, like the great heresies and how the great councils were called. Like you see the hand of God working and him revealing himself through his Mm -hmm. church. Like to me, to know the distinction of the hypostatic union, right? I would say that there are, that there, most Catholics are at a childhood level of faith. They're adults with a childish faith. And I don't mean childlike in the, in the praiseworthy sense. I mean, an immature, undeveloped, half thought out, unreasoned, imagination based coloring book version of Christianity. Mm-hmm. And I find it shocking that we have a a church in America, you know, super educated country, access to wealth untold, that we can't educate our people, that people don't know what the Trinity is, they don't know who Christ is, they don't know what he did, they don't know about, I mean, high school students who don't know about the resurrection, like, how does this happen? And it's like, I, I you're not a Christian, you don't even know what it means to be a Christian. You're the equivalent of a communist who thinks it's super cool to go be a hedge fund fund manager like no these things one of these things is not like the other right like 
There are things, opinions to be held that contradict the nature of God and Christian faith. And I think it is, I think we live in an age in particular of profound intellectual laziness where people also want to excuse themselves from the hard work of learning their faith. Or they have terrible priests who set the bar so low in terms of homilies, in terms of education stuff. I mean, you cannot live virtuous if you do not have education. Now, that education might not be formal, right? Yeah. When you say education, don't think classroom, don't think books, but someone has to teach you and you have to freaking learn. You want to talk about being receptive. The word disciple means student, right? Receptivity. I'm learning the teachings of the master. So to go return back to the that first question that you asked before your grocery showed up, when did Jesus ever teach us morality? The answer is Matthew 5, 6, and 7. The answer is the whole life of Christ, because the whole life of Christ is salvific. Well, that's what, yeah. yeah, yeah but, but the yeah. Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. Because, mm-hmm. And it, the reason why the Sermon on the Mount doesn't read like the Nicomachean Ethics is because it's presupposing you know, the Old Testament. It's presupposing the wisdom literature. It's presupposing Genesis and the image and likeness of God and, and man's mm-hmm. call to creation, union with God and perfection through the law. It presupposes it. It doesn't do away with it. But Jesus mm-hmm. is the total man, the complete man. And so then St. Paul picks up the baton. Th- that's, that's where my head was with that. that that's, that's why I was struggling a bit because I was thinking about the Beatitudes and I feel just like, like he's um, showing us a way to live, you know, and like, and what our um, disposition should, should, should be and what it looks like when this is played out in, in real life. I think. That um, well, let me. I think this is where like some of the some others like discontent is is, is there. How uh, the means? I think that like the intellect is good, very important, obviously. But then we take the three other areas of formation: the apostolic, the human, and the spiritual. When all those things are integrated. That's like a real life of um discipleship, hmm. and I just I get concerned when it's always the intellect. Mm-hmm. Like one of the things that has gone away from all of our Catholics, all, all of our all of our Catholic schools, the people presume is is still there. Is you're taught how to? I know you hate it when I when I move it's the microphone. Only when you talk, because then you can't edit that out. I know. Well, then, I, but I'm trying. <laughs> I know you just need a better microphone stand. It's true. Yeah, yeah, I do. If only we had a bank account that had $338 in it, I could buy one. Hey, I'm here to talk to you about net at netusa.org slash apply. So you guys may have heard me talk about on the podcast in the past that one of my biggest regrets is that I didn't do net. I think I really would have loved it. I almost went to net Australia, I think, or something. It was talked about. Uh, my friend Danielle called it. Maybe net island. I don't remember. It was like 20 years ago. Anyways, I have worked with net in the past for other projects I've been a part of. I've been to their home campus. They're a fantastic organization. One of the most impressive I've ever been with an organization was actually when I went to go and visit net from top to bottom. Just awesome, amazing people. And they are calling you today to apply to be a net missionary. If you or, or someone you know could serve to be a net missionary, please tell them about this link, netusa.org slash apply. The reality is that young people today are growing up in a largely post-Christian culture, making choosing the faith all the more difficult. A vast majority of Catholic youth are disconnecting from the church during their teenage years. 
Net Ministries is passionate about challenging young Catholics through relational ministry to follow Christ and embrace a life of community in the church. That's why working alongside youth ministers, parishes, and schools, Net Missionaries help young people encounter the person of Christ through evangelization and discipleship. As a Net Missionary, you will meet young people who need to hear your particular story. Your journey with the Lord matters. You can be an example to young people of how to make the faith their own, allowing Christ to enter into their lives. Your story has a purpose. The Lord has a call for you. If you're between the ages of 18 to 28 and interested in serving the Lord as a net missionary, go to netusa.org slash apply. That's netusa.org slash apply and fill out an application. Not able to apply yourself? Share about NET's mission with a young adult in your life and encourage them to apply today. That's netusa.org slash apply, N-E-T-U-S-A, U-S-A, U-S-A, N-E-T-U-S-A dot org slash apply. Go check out netusa.org slash apply and, f- and become a NET missionary. This is the Lord calling you to do it. Do it. Luke said so. There was a point in time where at a Catholic school, this is supposed to be quick and easy and about the Apple goggles. <laughs> <laughs> like there was a time at a um, Catholic school where, you know, you learn how to sit up straight. You learn how yeah. to shake a priest hand, how to look them in the eye, how you, um, how to like, address a nun. You, everyone had perfect handwriting. Like you learned all yeah. of the, all of, you know, like these human things, which you combine that with, with the spiritual, then the apostolic and then the, the intellect. It, like, you're doing stuff right, like like, yeah. and like we have lost that completely. Mm-hmm. I mean, that does not exist at hardly any Catholic school for the most part, and that to me is incredibly dangerous because that's some of that's where some of that like intellect stuff gets put to use is in the apostolic. It's like in is you know like in the human in the moral. And I, yeah, yeah, and I think that's like that's where I'm. I think that's where, like, for for on me, where like, uh, like a lot of um, my concern. And I, and I really hope people don't think again that I'm arguing against books or like, where does Jesus talk about like, morality? It's not what I was trying to say. I mean, I, I was be a little bit provocative then, just to like get bit. more in, into the weeds. Well, yeah, but I, in a good way. I, I want like, yeah. so like what like I immediately grab four books off my shelf. Well, it's exactly that's, that's that's what I knew that um you would do. I mean, I imagined it was gonna be like no less than three. <laughs> but my my point though is is that there are these three other these three other areas that get grossly overlooked yeah quite often and i think when you're left yeah. with the intellect like that leads to techne yeah and i i will say like exactly. my agreement with you is here specifically is it's easy and i and i know this it is easy to sell a product if it's about intellect right like teaching something is easy it's hard to morally form someone. It's hard to humanly form someone, mm-hmm. right? All that stuff is hard, right? You, you can't do a six-week online course for a lot of these things. You can talk about the moral life. You can talk about human formation and different elements of it. You know, there's Charisma University that teaches you how to have these conversations, like kind of like what you were talking about. But, um, yeah, the only place where I see that level of education, honestly, is in classical models of mm-hmm. education. Because the classical models of education, like my my kids, for instance, and and they're they're different, especially when you homeschool. Every homeschool family is different, but like my kids were doing cursive in first grade. I did cursive in third grade when I was in my public school. 
they're doing it in first grade because you know learning the letters and learning the different forms of the letters is very important blah 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 shannon has all the theory and i, I tell this joke all the time probably said 20 times here i walked home one day and kateri is i said what are you doing honey and she says i'm writing the sanctus in lat in cursive i go what and she goes yeah it's part of my latin homework and penmanship i gotta write it in cursive i was like and latin in cursive and you're writing it and i was like ah those things you will not find that at public school right and uh and it's fascinating because um the what that does for them artistically like you're talking about the human formation like steve jobs do you do you know what how steve jobs became so design oriented do you know what it was in his life yes i forget though it was Remind a calligraphy ca- class that's right yeah get really into by a roman typography. catholic monk yeah yeah by a benedictine monk and he taught calligraphy Yep. And yes, the that's fa- right. See, like that's right. what people don't understand because we live in a te- we li- because of John Dewey and bitches act like him who ruined the public education system, ruined all education systems, is it is blankly utilitarian and pragmatic. Yeah. Agreed. This is what you want to get a good job at a factory. We're going to build schools around bells. You'll hear the bell go off. You shift your factory line to the next room and the next room and the next room. And you get only those data sets. Now, the classical model is we are educating humans to be free, right? And so I think the element of, well, I mean, I, I think of the Dead Poets Society where you had these elite, you know, boarding school kids in the, in, you know, the Northeast. I think the thing that we miss when we watch that is boys used to write poetry. Boys used to sing in choirs and barbershop quartets and play instruments. That was all a part of classical education. And now it's like, that's for girls, right? All that Mm -hmm. stuff is for girls. But think about like writing, expressing a thought constrained by iambic pentameter and rhyme schemes and how that forces you to be creative, right? I just think of like all this stuff that we're losing by by just walking away from it. So again, I agree with you 100%. Like it's easy to reduce, to follow Christ to, hey, come to my class. Yeah, And to be honest, that's where I think it's just like, I think, I feel like we're all just doing it to each other. (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> like like the entire the entire discourse is just one class yeah and it just is whoever is is the last at that point in time so can we talk about the apple goggles because your homeboy really just needs to talk about this okay so first of all we're about we're about to switch gears completely here hey one i actually really enjoyed that chat yeah so I, I hope i didn't make you mad no, i don't I know just, why you're saying that no because I, I feel bad you know how I, 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 I don't want to hurt your feelings. I don't want to, you know, I don't want people to think I don't care about that stuff. I'm just trying to, you know. Yeah, no, you, you just, everyone's you know going to hate you and love me. Fine. It's true. Then they grow to love me. All right, downloads are cut in half. Okay. Let's just become a, a tech podcast for a bit. Yeah. Apple's released an, Apple's released a, well, they have announced a new product. The, Gomer, what is, the, what is the name of it again? The Apple Vision. So for the low, think- low price of $3,499. All right, so let's throw away all of the philosophy, all of the like theology, everything that we just talked the about tech, okay? about it trying to be part of like our like real everyday life. Let's just not do that. Let's push okay. it over to the side. Let's just like isolate it. Yeah, and let's geek Pardon. out. Holy shit! If they pull this off, holy shit! Now, what makes you react that level? That is because f- are you joking? I can. Have so a I was explaining theater. this. I can have at a, a movie theater on my head. I could be on a plane and watch a hundred foot screen movie. Are you joking? This is incredible. <laughs> this is incredible. I mean, super dangerous. I'm trying to not to go down that road yet, but like, oh I could my be gosh. driving. 
Have it in semi-transparent mode. This is the future we all wanted in 2010. (laughs) This Uh, this could be massive. If they pull this off, which is a big if, this could be massive. Do you think or fear that this is not going to happen? Yes. I worry that they have. I, I, okay, so we have had. Did you you watch reviews? Of, no, I have not of pe- people who have actually yeah. used it. No, yeah. I have not looked into anything. I I I pretty much viewed viewed when I saw that it was announced. I treated it like when they announced the iPhone that barely worked when they first announced it. Mm-hmm. Like at the very last on minutes, they were like you know trying to make the like Wi-Fi or something on it work. I, I forget oh, yeah. what yeah. it was. Like so, I'm like I don't care what people say until it comes out. Yeah, until it's like. In hands of Norton, yeah, normal. in the hands of people. That's Normies. that's the version that I yeah. that I, I care okay. about. What? But I'd be curious to hear. Like, well, first, what do you think? Yeah, I I thought it was super interesting. So, for those of you who don't know, the Apple Vision are basically like imagine giant ski goggles that you wear over your face, and it has Apple's incredible spatial sound engine shooting sound directly into your ear holes. Without having to put on headphones, which I thought was so fascinating. And uh, you have this huge, you know, the goggles over your face. And they suck right up to your eyes. So it's the exact opposite of a lot of, like, these VR headsets where if you've ever tried them, they're, like, over your eyes. But then there's space between you and the screen. They want to put the screen as close to your eyeballs as possible, right? That's the point. So that's the that gives you that fully immersive experience. So they have two cameras that aim down that can track your fingers, your hands, and they have cameras that aim out just in case you need to bring in the outside world India. But yeah, they they're what do they say there are two like 24 million pixels on two things the size of a postage stamp. Like that cheesy is incredible. Heat. Cheesy Pete. <laughs> they said that so the battery pack you put in your back pocket or where, you know, the, ba- yeah. the batteries are heavy. And they want to take as much weight off you as possible. So it's like a little little USB-C cord that like yeah. hangs out the back. And Apple makes great cords. We can say that. Yeah. But I think it's I think it's super interesting. I throw all the theology and like all the philosophy, we will get into that stuff in a second. Cause that like Like it's super cool. Like, like it's it's whiz bang. I don't know how it's gonna change the world. I really don't yet. I think it depends upon how okay there are some things about the like the theology and like and the velocity part that really impact what i'm you about keep to saying say. don't bring it up but you're the only one i don't it up. i know because it's, it's so hard so I'm, I'm just trying yeah. to focus on like the geeky fanboy yeah like text you know i think it could because if you like try to imagine like as, as a person who works completely remotely the ability to walk around and have a FaceTime conversation or to be in a room and to yeah. feel like I'm talking to other people who are right there who aren't to truly kind of feel a little bit more, more 3d with that. If they pull that off yeah. and it actually feels immersive as close as you can get to actually talking with other people who are in actually in the room, as opposed to just like, you know, on some like, you know, 24 by, you know, by 36 inch screen. Wow. Yeah, like that. That to me, that's a game changer. And then, particularly, like, like think about if you're on a flight, you put that on. 
and you're just like in, 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 in like a movie theater or I can like if I could watch sports with my mom or with my family out in, out in Arizona because we're all on these things and we're like, oh, I'm watching this game and I can turn to my own left and it's like she's right there. Yeah. That's pretty cool. <laughs> like that's like that's actually pretty yeah. legit because like I don't understand. Like, I don't get the point of like why would I stream a show on on my Disney Plus with you at the same time? Like whoop de do. But if I can then turn to my right and you're right there, mm-hmm. if we can podcast and put those things on our head and it's like we're having a on the conversation, that's that's a big deal. That's <laughs> a really big deal. Yeah. I mean, it, it, like the thing that's crazy about this is this is the first thing I have seen that actually takes the computer and puts it in the real world in a way where I, I'm like, that actually might work hmm. as, as opposed to being a gimmick. Yeah. Everything else has been a gimmick. It's like, oh, that's cool. Anyways, yeah. like, you know, I'm, I'm not getting into like what God knows what will happen with porn. That's horrifying. Yeah. Or like, I think why also I think this could be a big deal is Apple has not really released any major products besides the Apple watch in the last, you know, since Steve jobs died. And part of that is Tim cook is just, and he was the operations half of why Apple, but Apple yeah. became such a profitable group. People really forget that he was not brought on to be the product guy. He was brought on to right. keep doing what he was doing and just be in, be in charge. Tim Cook said something very interesting during the presentation, which is that they've been working on this for a very long time. Yeah, like six, seven years. Apple, their thing used to be it just works. Once it goes to market, it just works. That hasn't been the case with OS. No. If this thing just works, I think it could be massive. At that price point? I think this price point is giving them... (sighs) What's the most expensive electronic you own? Now... Probably my MacBook Air. Yeah, which mine's I bought my for MacBook like, Pro. Like fifteen hundred. Yeah, fifteen or I'm um, sixteen hundred. Three thousand five hundred dollars. Mm-hmm. It has an M2 processor, so their latest processor. Yeah. So whatever it can do, it can do. Awesome. All for it. My thing is, so have you ever done VR like for realsies? Yeah, I did it when I was there with you when we were at uh, John's house. Yeah, but that was mostly just like a glorified television screen, right? Like you could look around and it would track your head. Oh, no, I haven't done what like you experienced uh, uh, with Robo. The HTC Vive eight years ago was, you know, you set these cameras and LIDARs up in your apartment and it maps out the so you can walk around the physical space. There's some that do that. There's others where you sit in a chair like the the PlayStation one. And the, the main purpose of the PlayStation one is you're in a chair. It's immersive and like you're looking around, but you're like in a giant TV, right? Apple is trying to do the thing with them is they're trying to bring AR, augmented reality, into VR by having these external cameras that pull the outside world into it and still represent it faithfully, right? And that's where things are going to be super interesting. Because you're not just looking at a display close up to your face, so you know it takes up your whole field of vision. You are looking out at the real world and seeing these objects floating in the real world, and you all you have to do is look at them and you know pinch your fingers or whatever, and all of a sudden you're interacting with things that exist in the in the world. Now, if Google invents it, then it's going to be plastered with ads as you walk down the street. Are you ready for that? No. I'm- Let's not get into that yet. <laughs> Dystopia. So this will be the last thing. I, oh, damn it. I had a thought when you said something and it's gone. Oh, 
the price point is insanely high. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking if they can, re- if they really can pull pull this off, it's the second and third generation. I think it'll be a lot more like the iPhone than the i than the iPad, mm-hmm. where it's going to be like. My mom got an iPad pretty early on. It feels like a lot of people were quick to adopt yeah. the iPads. Yeah, not as like not in terms of like as on the law. It's it almost seems like there's like one iPad per house as opposed to like four phones in, in um, one house. Yeah, but like yeah, totally, people sort of use use the iPods uh, relatively fast. From what I recall, from Apple to get from where they were in 2008 to where they are right now with the iPhones. I mean, it was huge out of the gate, but it wasn't yeah. like every. It was still like you were the cool guy who had an iPhone, but everyone had a cool guy who had an iPhone. Yeah. Then it was everyone had an iPhone. To get to where I think, I think if they can pull it off and it really works and it really does all of these, like that's that stuff. It'll be like that, where it'll be the third, fourth, fifth generation, maybe even into like the sixth or the seventh, where it becomes like the price point will drop dramatically. Wouldn't it and be it great? Way more if um, they came uncommon. out with with an Apple Vision Air, and it was called the Monocle. And it was just over one eye. <laughs> so you be, cameras pointing forward. You just blinked. Yeah. And then you're like, whoa, I'm in an immersive environment. Oh, nope. Now I'm at home. Whoa, I'm in an immersive movie. Oh, nope. I'm on an airplane. And you just, it just depend on you winking or not. So you want to go into the dy- dystopian part? Yes. I'm f-ing terrified. <laughs> oh, it's going to be awful. I it's think we should be, be horrified. So I Number think one, it, you're going to see porn addiction go through the roof. Totally. totally. Number two. Isolation. Yeah. Just. Uh, radical isolation and i'm terrified by this the one thing i don't like so someone said you don't even need a monitor anymore with your computer and it's like okay but where do i put my tv if i want to watch something with another human why would you do that i don't think it's built for that right i literally don't think it's like the people like i'm actually i don't know if i would get this i think i could be so in like this i know and this sounds dumb but if you're telling me like, hey Luke, you could ha- you could have like a movie experience every night. Just put on your headset, and you could finally like there. If you really like a film, there is a difference when you switch from TV to a thing. I will never forget yeah. how different it was seeing Ghostbusters in the theater. Certain jokes land better. Yeah, I'm like I will just all the time, all the time, and I I how often all the time, <laughs> and I just that's like. I don't know if I'll if I'll get this. Uh, I want it badly. I re- I really want to try it. I really want to see it, but I don't want Everly to see me with that on my head. <laughs> I like I was like Daddy, horrified. Your by eyes that don't commercial. look normal. Yes, yeah, I was do. like, <laughs> what do I'm cooking? A, I'm kicking a, a like I'm a soccer ball back to you. Well, I don't like I don't want my iPhone screen in front of my face while I'm talking to my daughter. I, that was the creepiest part of the ad. It was f- weird. Where Why the dad was like, it takes three d video or whatever and he's like smile and it's like and it'll notify other people when you're taking a photo and you see the guy like looking at his kids and the cameras apparently are taking video or whatever and you're just like oh this is so sad they must be horrified i i honestly think humans might reject this like we just outright might go no this is like we'll just kind of like our our um nature will reject this i to me this sounds like if this is like a thousand dollars this is something that you could lay in a barca lounger, put over your head, and say, honey, I'm going to the movies. Right? It's like a, it's a telepresence to the movie theater for the next pandemic. It's not 
but I, yeah it's and, like and the that's, ipad if the if your television set is the iphone then this is the ipad of entertainment right like and but it just the like the thing is if they really can pull it off that it blocks off everything else ever like around you yeah and it's like you're on a plane and there isn't anything else there which would be nice because i'm on planes a lot and i hate it but that's like and I, and I agree like it makes i mean i remember like when i bring in my noise i'm mean, cancellation headphones when i when i when i fly all i need is an aisle seat to feel like i'm on top of the world <laughs> so what is this going to do but that's like further isolation you're at the bottom of the world like i i just i i'm really worried because i i'm i'm actually worried they're gonna i like i i want them to <laughs> i want to see i want this to work but then i'm like oh my gosh if i i don't know if i do because if this works, what is this going to do? I saw this one video of a guy who's like, here, here is my life post-college. It was on Twitter. It was like a TikTok thing. And it just showed he was alone the entire day. The Ooh. entire day. He doesn't talk to one person because he like gets up. He goes to his job. He works out alone. He comes home. He, he's alone. And it's like, isn't this cool? Like, big life in the city. And I'm like, dude, you're alone. Yeah. All the time. Ooh. Oh, no. Like I'm really worried. Like isolation is death. Yep. I'm. I'm I, it is hell. It is. It like it's literal hell. Hell is that. Like there's no. You have like no um communion with anyone. And if, and if like heaven's like full communion with God and with His saints and you know and His angels, hell is the exact opposite. Of that hell is isolation. Yeah. This could be hell on earth. But also, some philosophers say hell is other people. Yeah, but those people are wrong. <laughs> Jesus and, Christ is other people. I don't know. It sounds like he, he's imposing his morality on me, and I don't want Jesus to do that. <laughs> where where one or two are gathered. Like, I'm, I'm, I guess I'm <laughs> like, like what scares me and what excites me is if it really works. Yeah. <sighs> this is a bunch of people alone. There's a scene. I think it's from Heat. I don't remember. It's like really horrifying. Of like a drug, like the, these cops go into a drug addict's house and they're passed out. And there's a baby on the bed just crying, and you have no idea how long the baby has yeah. been there. If this thing works and you're able to just get a f- like completely Im- like immersive like fake life, how many like are why we would s- you want the real one? Yeah, like just like with this on their heads while their kids on the floor screaming. Like I, I, I get so anxious over things like attachment theory, and how kids start to freak out when when their mom doesn't pay pay yeah. a, um, attention to them, and how phones can like impact like cause yeah. like real like real anxiety in kids under eight, eighteen months. Yeah, it's wild. And I, I like what is this? And now gonna... imagine if you have a headset on that's blaring exactly. audio, immersive audio, and you literally can't see or hear your kid. Yeah. When people come near you, it lightly, you know, shows them, lightens the opacity so you can see them. It's like, okay, but what if my kid's immobile in a crib? They're not or coming like, near me. They're just screaming, and I'm checking out. Adios. Like this, this, this is a device that's built for a single people. Yeah. Almost like people that live in the tech industry live incredibly single or married without children lifestyles and <laughs> this is the perfect future for them uh, maybe they're introverts who just play with code all day i don't know I, I i think i can be hopeful so i was sharing this with uh the dinner party that i was at and there's one guy who who's practically amish and another guy n- none of them are apple fanboys right 
So I'm yeah. describing the the Apple Vision Pro, and um, this guy said, "Why would anyone want to do that to themselves?" And I was like, "Well, it's just a new way to consume <laughs> movies." <media." laughs> <laughs> and so we started talking about different things, and this guy goes, "Well, I use a Microsoft Hololens for work," and I was like, "Really?" And the other two guys were like, "I've never heard of that." I said, "Yeah, Microsoft Hololens." They debuted it a while ago. They had like a motorcycle on stage. Like you put these the HoloLens on and it projects image onto the glasses. It's not entirely obstructing your vision, right? So you can do stuff. And he said, during COVID, I was an oil rig worker. And we had a contractor who uses this like, you know, $200,000 tool. And he wasn't allowed to be on the platform. So we called the greatest expert in the world on using that tool. And he put on the hollow lens and stared at the tool through my hollow lens and would put arrows at like, yeah, grab here, move this here, align. And he goes, and the guy walked me through step by step. And I use this tool that, you know, you got to have a freaking PhD to use. And he showed me how to use it through the hollow lens. He's like, so yeah, I, I mean, the technology is solid. Like it's real. You just got to figure out how to interact with it. And I'm like, yep. If this is just my iPad icons floating above my coffee table, it's like, yeah, that, that's cool, but it's only going to go so far. Yeah, I, I just, to me, that just sounds so ugh, bleh, lame. All right, Luke. I love you, buddy. I love you. You're tired. I can tell you. You've got that Gomer look in your eyes. I've got that Gomer feeling. <laughs> uh, thank you to our sponsors for this week. Thank you to Net for sponsoring this episode. Of catching foxes. <laughs> oh, Luke, that was beautiful. All right, bye, everyone. Can you tell other Mister Gomer what song we, we were I'm listening to in the car today? By do you remember? It is the one. It's the one piano song that you like. Do you remember Ooh. who sings that song? Who sings that song, honey? Say, Smashing Pumpkins. Bappy Puppet. <laughs> uh-huh. Bappy Puppet. <laughs>